0: Hello, Will. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay, LJ. It's been uh, a heavy last few days. I know we've had a conversation off camera about that as well. So both of us really wanted to take this opportunity to talk to our listeners and and share our perspectives. but do a lot of listening as we're doing now as well. How are you? There's
1: there's a lot of things to unpack, unfortunately. Um, It's been a heavy week, heavy past few days, really, with the recent discoveries and Kamloops in British Columbia. You being in British Columbia, I can't even imagine how that's, you know, affecting the community where you live in. We can certainly feel it here in Ontario. It's, you know, with heavy heart and great sadness that this is, you know, being processed at the moment. But I think it's important to talk about these things. And it's very important to process these feelings and these uh, emotions. And most of all, to you know, basically just process it and talk to our uh, Indigenous friends, talk to our family, talk to our mentors and our clients about the importance and the impact of this uh, finding.
0: Absolutely. I I want to begin with a land recognition. And and I think, you know, the more I do these, and especially in times like this, the more you think about the importance of honoring and and, and, that and establishing that legal contract that is a land acknowledgement. It is not just a pro forma statement. And I think too much pro forma has happened recently, and it's really time for action. So uh, I do recognize that today I'm speaking from the traditional ancestral stolen territories on Turtle Island of the Musqueam, Squamish, Swallow and Kajkaj nations. And my heart is with the Thai Cumlops to Shawekmuk nation. I know I, I gotta work on my pronunciation a bit and I think it's you know it's incumbent on all of us to, to do a little better. But my heart is is with them and and with the 215 families that are grieving, but really all of the families of Indian Indian residential schools that are impacted. You know, this has brought up old wounds, but they're really fresh wounds and still wounds that are, are bleeding today. And I think it's important that we talk about it with the proximity of immigration
1: and LJ yourself. I am coming to you from the traditional lands of the Mississaugas of the credit. And I am in turtle Island. I am an immigrant to turtle Island, not too long ago. It truly does, you know, strike. It's, it's like a strike in the heart of like a dagger. I'm sorry. I'm it's, it's a very, it's a, it's something that's, you know nothing it's you're right well you know a lot of times uh, you ask yourself and i certainly ask myself like these land acknowledgements are they performative is it something that we just do out of routine you know the recent discoveries basically put us in a position where we think about our uh, what we do these things that we think of as routine or that may seem like routine they they basically this, this new discovery is basically a reminder of how fresh these wounds are and how much accounting as a society that we still need to do to process all of this and what to do next, more importantly, whether as you know, immigrants yourself or as allies to the indigenous populations of Turtle Island. And I think that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, too, right? Well, allyship. What are your thoughts about this?
0: Well, I think, first of all, it's not something that we can claim. We cannot just put that tag or label on ourselves, you know, changing a profile picture, even donating some money. I think for too long, that's been the way of us throwing something at the problem to maybe insulate our own guilt, maybe think we're doing something, but really there's there are two steps. Right now, we have to do a lot of listening and learning, and and go beyond just the surface level of reading a few articles, really digging and learning. And I know, and then, you know, the word digging hurts right now because that's what needs to really, really be done from a scientific perspective as well, digging up the sites of of the former Indian residential schools. But I think for too long, and even in our own education system, we were given just the little snippets, the the the, the positive you know, the, the dance, the celebrations, the masks, a few little pieces and told that was the history we needed to know. Right. And I think it's from, from all this, you know, this isn't something that was just uncovered. It's not that we just found the bodies. These bodies have been lying there for, for hundreds of years and they lie in hundreds and thousands of more places across Canada. And we've just been silent to it. You know, we've just... I, I don't know if how does it how do we start caring for for brothers and sisters in a country that we claim to be always you know number one to live in the best democratic
1: inclusive you know,
0: inclusive multicultural mosaic all of these you know beautiful wonderful words and the realities that we see or sometimes we choose not to see I mean someone said it best and unmarked graves rarely go unmarked for no reason, right? So yeah. I know I've sort of taken a loop, but I think the first thing for allies to do in this circumstance is to really stop centering themselves. Stop. I got to, you know, I think for all of us, that's why, that's why this week we didn't have a regular episode. We, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had trouble focusing on on regular work this week because, you know, sometimes it, as much as it, we make it meaningful, we're, we're trying to change the world and helping our clients. We are helping clients settle stolen Indigenous lands.
1: That's right. And that's something that we don't necessarily talk about in immigration as a practice or even as immigrants ourselves. Today, the House of Commons in Ottawa actually passed in unanimous vote, Bill C-8. And for those of you who don't know what Bill C-8 is about, it's an amendment to the Oath of Citizenship in Canada that actually entrenches Indigenous histories in the Oath of Citizenship to Canada. It's a positive step for sure, but there definitely needs to be more conversations about this. Coming from the perspective of an immigrant myself, I recall the citizenship guide. There's a lot of celebration about Indigenous cultures and traditions, but there's no accounting, no talk of the dark history of how Canada came to be. This is a part of our history as a country, and we we need to accept this and we need to reckon with it. And we need to face ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves, how do we, how do we move forward as a nation, you know, as a country with this kind of historical baggage? I think, Will, you were, you were knocking on the right door when you talked about listening, essentially. This is the time to listen. They have been screaming and no one has been listening, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, I take this opportunity this week has been a moment of reflection and I agree it's it's also been the same for me it's it's been hard to focus even with the demands of work unfortunately that is the case that it's hard to focus I mean who could really if you think about it yeah I mean I'm sorry I'm a little lost for words when when it comes to that and I suppose that in itself is you know something that I still need to reckon with as an immigrant myself working in the field of immigration Being directly, you know, it's basically where the rubber meets the road. Well, like you're right, we're, we're, we're basically encouraging people to move to the best country in the world. Please, this is what the marketing is and we're moving to stolen land. Yeah. And,
0: and more and more programs. I mean, you know, I, I I struggle with trying to break this, bring us to a bigger context, but since we're talking about TRCs and since we're talking about, you know, the, the larger context. We're, we're moving in with all these different municipal programs, all these different things to bring more migrants to communities outside of big cities. Right. And a lot of those places are indigenous reserves are in are, are maybe small towns and cities that are very proximal to the heart of indigenous communities with little to no consultation with indigenous communities. And yes, there are two TRCs aptly 93 and 94, the last two, but All that really says is that we should give newcomers to Canada, you know, a citizenship test that reflects more the inclusive history of the diverse peoples. And yes, it does mention residential schools, but it just says history. It doesn't say anything else, a history that like we discussed has been largely hidden and, 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 and not written. And, and, you know, now the stories are coming out because we're starting to listen, but there has to be a due element there too. And I think that's where the government steps in, right. They, and you know, I'm not an expert on this particular area, but I've had members of the community reflect to me in, you know, as a member of the legal community, how frustrating things such as the 60 Scoop, the lawsuits, how difficult it has been to access justice and how a lot of the money that was promised to the communities and promised to the victims is sitting in in the pockets and coffers of, law firms as their settlement win. Something like that just disgusts me. And it's it's hard to fathom, you know, that we as a legal community have largely just been so, so, so silent on on all of this. Right? I think that we it it was the laws themselves that were utilized to create the division, create indigenous, create the Indian Act, create residential schools and it's incumbent on us now to use the law utilize the law to try and address the harm and the legacy that we've created so i don't know i'm, I'm thinking about ways i can do in my own practice and like again like you I'm, I'm stuck right now i've had to tell a few clients that sorry this is not the week i can see you unfortunately it's just i have other things on my mind and i just became a father too so thinking about a kid being taken from you at a young age i cannot imagine that and to have them murdered
1: I mean I the, the stories are harrowing. I will admit I did not know much about this uh, until just a few you know years ago and what I did find out when doing the proper you know integration into like the, the research into the history of this it really is disturbing in in my mind and it's not something that you know is on the front cover of those citizenship guides, right? Like the citizenship test guides for sure. And the problem with that, and I think you touched on a really important thing, Will, when you mention history, is that when people say history, people think that, oh, it's far in the past. What are we gonna do about it? But what's actually true here is that this is history unfolding. History doesn't necessarily have to be in the past, it is something that is constantly written. And how we act and deal with this historical baggage is essentially what our collective history will be. We still have the power to change it we still have the power to direct it i don't have the answers just like you i'm lost for words i'm you know a little bit scatterbrained to be honest just because of the emotional turmoil that this this has basically brought upon like a lot of people who have thought about this event there really is uh, you know th- this really is a continuous process uh, i think this is something that needs to be you know continuously hammered because It's not in the past it's something that is still being written
0: well said and i and i just you know maybe right now is not the exact time for the conversations to start maybe right now it's for healing and for us settlers like you said listening seeing little ways we can support work towards again i think allyship is an is an ideal and it's not one that you can label yourself and not anyone can obtain but how to be better communicators and how to start and engage in conversations. I know it's something that we're starting to do to think about much too late, but immigration in general, this process, Mm -hmm. the, the very work we do is colonial work. And the way we're going, the path we're going with a lot of these programs, and, and I mean, just things starting from, you know, from the lack of Indigenous judges on our highest courts, and now there's another opening on the Supreme Court, to the federal court, all the way to the fact that Indigenous law students and colleagues of ours often have the very difficult time finding career paths in law, working in this area, gaining opportunity here. Those are some tangible gaps that we can fill and we can do something about. And as a bar, as a, as a legal community, I think our silence has been way too deafening on Indigenous issues. I'll leave my comments at that.
1: It's been a difficult last few days, and I can't even imagine how it has impacted the various communities whose wounds have been freshly opened again. I'm going to leave my comments to that. I, for one, just like you will, will be continuing to listen to our friends. But thanks for discussing this with me, LJ. And I know, um,
0: this week, nothing seemed appropriate for us to do than to unpack with each other. But, With our families as well in our communities so i hope we can do
1: i can't even use the word better or more but just i i think we can leave it at that really um we just need to we just need to continue listening yeah at this point
0: thank you
1: thank you everyone